Coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the sandy beaches of the Carolina coast, take warning, this is Kaniac Sessions. Kaniac Sessions. Providing you with in-depth coverage of your Carolina Hurricanes. And now, let's get on to the session with your hosts, Griff and A.B. Hello out there, Kaniac Nation. Thanks for joining us for Session 13 of Kaniac Sessions. Uh, I'm Griff, and today, uh, normally we would have A.B. with us, but A.B. AB is kind of feeling under the weather today, and so he is resting in bed with a nice little cup of tea and some chicken noodle soup trying to recover, but um, we're thinking about him, but we got a surprise. today for this session. I'm actually being joined by a guest host uh, who's here with me, and a lot of you probably know who he is um, if you pay attention to the network, but Sam Driscoll from the Caniac Report, so half of the Caniac Report is here today. Sam, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about a good week. Good week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, I was going to do this. I was going to do this session alone. Um, and Sam saw my call for questions out on X and said, Hey, you want a guest host? And I was like, yeah, that's uh that's a really good idea. So I uh, appreciate you reaching out. Appreciate you being on here. Um, I'm excited to talk some canes with you. It's going to um, be great. Yeah, for sure. But first things first, we're brought to you by DraftKings as a member of THPN. That's the hockey podcast network. Um, sports gambling's coming in North Carolina. NFL's in full swing. The World Series is almost over, but uh, go ahead and download DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code THPN when doing so and score some bonus bets. Uh, We're also partnered with SeatGeek. First-time users for SeatGeek can sign up, order your first set of tickets, use code Caniac Sessions. That's one word, no space between Caniac and Sessions, to get $20 off your first purchase. I've seen that a couple of you guys out there have been utilizing that. So uh, keep doing that. Keep using that. That's uh, 20 bucks. That's like a, it's dinner somewhere. So use it. Um, Sam, let's uh, let's recap some of these games. So the last session we released, uh, AB and I, was uh, about a week ago when we interviewed Mike Maniscalco. Great episode, and, by the way. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, so we recorded that since then. Uh, we've had the Canes have uh, played three games, uh, the back to back home with Seattle and San Jose and then on the road in Philadelphia. So uh, let's we're going to recap those games uh, for those of you out there that may have missed it. Provide some thoughts or some you know general feelings on how uh, the games were. They were all wins for, for a change this season. So uh, and then we're going to. Uh, we're just going to go over some some topics that you know I have thoughts on. We're going to bring Sam in and let him provide his input on on these topics and some of his takes. And we've actually got quite a few questions from listeners and friends of the podcast that we'll go through and answer, Sam. So uh, we ought to have a good uh, good time here over the next forty five minutes or so. But I'm ready. Um, so. 
the Canes finally returned home to PNC Arena uh, on Thursday, October 26th, uh, to play their second game against the Seattle Kraken. They got the win, 3-2, in overtime. I just thought the Kane, you know, I just thought they kind of came out and looked soft. I mean, that's just the way the feeling I got in the first period. And you might disagree with me, Sam, but um, I just, I just felt like, you know, there was just like this hangover or, or something. You, you know what I mean? I, I agree. It was a tough start. I was at this one. Um, Sam and I were watching, and it was a, <laughs> it was, we were, it was frustrating. That first period and that second period, it got a little yeah. annoying. Um, well, that first period really is what, what was just bonkers, just complete. Un, I just didn't quite grasp why they just came out so flat. You know, you're home. It's been a long road trip. You should be ready to play in front of your right. fans. And it didn't look like they wanted to. Yeah, they Seattle gets on the board uh, first. And, you know, that was something that I talked about last week with AB is like, you know, Kane's got to score first. I feel like game after game after game, we're playing from behind. We're trying to catch up. And lo and behold, we're doing the same thing uh, against Seattle. And um, Bjorkstrand scored the first goal, followed by Devin Shore scoring the second. And then Martin Natchez does what Natchez does and scored a few minutes later to make it 2-1 uh, on a nice pass from Bunting and Kokanyemi. Uh, that ended the first period 2-1. Uh, nothing much in the second period. Uh, no goal scored. And then in the third, you felt like the Canes were starting to get to their game. They were starting to play uh, dominant, control the game, control the puck, play their game, right? Um, and then KK comes in clutch and scores on a pass from Natchez and Brady Shea. And then we, we're tied. Uh, we get to overtime. And then Natchez, I mean, it was probably what? 19 seconds or was it like nine seconds or something before the end of overtime, I believe. Yeah, I was at the very end of overtime. I kind of already resigned myself to having to yeah. suffer through a shootout. <laughs> so when, right. when I guess you want to, I guess, are we, are we going to call him Mr. Overtime now? Mr. Overtime? Martin I mean, it's fitting, isn't it? I mean, he yeah. that's his fifth, I believe, is, of his career. Um, I mean, I want to think Natchez last season himself was responsible for what eight points in the standings yeah. alone which yeah is... just from yeah just from overtime and game winners right so i mean you got to give him you got i mean he's the reason why, i mean if you want to be i guess if you want it depends on how you want to look at it uh marty natchez is why we were ahead of the devils right that's i mean true. he gave us those extra points that's true that's very true that's a good way to look at it um but yeah natchez um scored in overtime, on a pass from D'Angelo, nice little pass. He passed it to D'Angelo. D'Angelo passed it back. He took like a small little hesitation and then threw it right past, um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but their goalie. Decord, I believe. Decord, that's it, Decord. Put it past him for the win. Um, you know, Natchez, uh, two goals and one assist, three points in that game. KK added a goal and an assist. And Freddie Anderson. Uh, saved 24 of 26 shots for a 923 save percentage. So, um, all in all, Canes got it together after the first period, played Canes hockey, got the win in overtime, take it and move on, right? Yeah. And look, I, the, the one thing I wanted to say about this game, because it was the most frustrating thing, this was probably Brent Burns' worst game as a hurricane. Yeah. 
he looked so bad. I mean, he looked like he was almost 40 at skating out there. It, it was frustrating to watch. When D'Angelo and Orlov are your two best defensemen of the night, look, everyone knows I love Tony. They should never be your top two defensemen. Oh, yeah. And they looked great. Look, D'Angelo has looked outstanding since they got home and they played those two home games and he looked great the other night. And I think D'Angelo and, or, and especially Orlov are starting to get acclimated. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about this later in some of our uh, thoughts, but you know, D'Angelo has been noticeable defensively, uh, especially in the last three games. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been some, um, some defensive plays that he's made that potentially could have saved goals or, you know, disrupted two on ones. I believe there was even a, a three on one disruption at some point in there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. He's, uh, y- you know, but th- the problem is, is consistency. Is he going to be consistent uh, in that role, you know, to be seen, but uh, better than, better than the start for sure. So the next night, the Canes got right back at it at home against San Jose uh, Friday night on October 27th. Got the win, 3-0. This was the uh, Tavo Teravine and natural hat trick night. Uh, he scored all three goals, the only three goals in the game, mm-hmm. uh, back to back to back. And not only that, but Auntie Ranta earned a shutout with 20 saves on 20 shots. And, uh, you know, just full disclosure here, it is San Jose. Uh, but it doesn't matter in the NHL, right? Any team that you can shut out, you have to earn it, right? It's not – nothing's given, uh, yeah. no matter if, if it is San Jose. Who and Ronto made add. some good saves. He sure did. Yeah, it wasn't just a, you know, stand in front of the net and get the shutout kind of night. It was – I mean, he had to work for it for sure. And I think with – I think – and I argued. So when we do at the end of our, our games on our podcast, we do an episode, and we do the three stars. We forgot to do them last game, but we did do it for the Sharks. Sam Wallace picked Teravine as the first star. I actually did Ronta, and my argument was, where this is great for Tavo, he's got all the confidence in the world. But we have Auntie Ronta, who wasn't started after he had that really, really bad game, they went to Kachetkov twice. That's true. So this was so important for Ranta. And I think, because we're going to see Ranta this weekend, whether it's tomorrow night or tonight when you're listening to this, or, you know, the Rangers or the Islanders. And Ranta needs to be on his game. And this was huge for that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, that could, you know, either, either of those two could be, you know, really first star. Depends on which way you look at it. But, um, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think... Uh, you know, especially, you know, the mind is a powerful thing. So, you know, getting getting benched basically for Kachekov because of your poor play to come back out and get a shutout, no matter who it is, uh, says quite a bit. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, but this game, so Teravinen got the first goal in the power play uh, on a pass from Jarvis and Ajo very early in the first. Uh, he scored his second goal also in the first period. Toward the end on a pass from uh, Dmitry Orlov and Jalen Chatfield. And his third goal early in the third period, again from Jarvis and Ajo. I feel like uh, Carolina pretty much controlled the game from the the, the start to the finish. Uh, San Jose is still winless through nine games at the time of recording. Uh, but 
but it's still the NHL. It's still, you still have to work for everything you get. So, yeah. Uh, yeah but it was a good think, game. Go ahead. Sorry. You got to think Couture and Hurdle are going to want out because they, when they signed this one, I think Hurdle, who signed most recently, they told them we're not rebuilding. What do you call going winless in nine games? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's rough. It's rough out there right now. You know, hopefully, Hopefully they get it on track, just you know, mainly for those guys too. But, um, but yeah, this was a good game for Carolina to kind of work through some of their issues that they've had to, to start the season. Uh, focus on their systems, focus on the details. You know, be able to to go out there and exercise some of that stuff and prepare for the uh, the division slate that uh, came up starting Monday night against Philly. Um, Carolina got their third win in a row on the road in Philly uh, in a 3-2 win. The Canes, you know, I thought they came out of the gate solid, in control through the first 15 minutes. Uh, they controlled the pace of play. They were all over Philadelphia. Um, and then three minutes into the game, Nason puts a goal in uh, on a pass from Svech and Orlov. Uh, a little bit later, Natchez turned the puck over in the neutral zone, about the 15-minute mark of the first period. Uh, Owen Tippett picked it up, put it right past Freddie on the glove side, uh, tie the game up at one. I don't really know if I blame Freddie so much for that that goal. I mean, it looked weak. Don't get me wrong. It looked very weak. But um, I've heard a couple people say that, and I agree, that the, the puck kind of came weird off of Tippett's stick, and uh, Freddie anticipated a different – you know, speed or angle or whatever you want to call it. And it just, it went right above uh, glove side into the net. What do you think about that, Sam? I think both flyer goals Freddie should have had. Yeah. Um, And I think that's because this season and even last season, Freddie and Ronta had a tendency to let in a couple of weak goals. And for a while, Ronta was letting in probably won a game. And I think Anderson was letting in one every other game, and that's not good. You know, that's not good for you know your goaltenders to be doing. So I didn't like either of them. I really felt it's it, the second one. I agree. The first one not as much, but that that second one, <laughs> that one was just yeah. just when I saw it go in, I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding! It's going to be one of those nights. And I was yeah, wrong, I agree. but it made me nervous. I know. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh no, here we go. This is about to be. A bloodbath, but <laughs> Freddie locked it down from that point. From that point, Hathaway scored that second goal uh, to make it 2-1 in the first. From there on, you know, he Freddie absolutely locked down the net. I mean, he stood on okay. his head. It was, you know, I couldn't believe some of those saves, to be honest. I was, I remember looking over at my wife, who I was watching the game with. I was like, especially in the third period, I mean, Philadelphia was all over the Canes. I mean, all over the Canes. The ice was tilted an extreme tilt in front of Freddie. I mean, I was like, man, one of these is going to go in a minute. And then what happens? You look up and who else? Tavo Teravainen <laughs> <laughs> scores with about four minutes remaining in the game to take the lead. And that was it, right? Carolina had to puck the rest of the game. Uh, Philadelphia couldn't get Carter Hart off the ice. And that was Carolina. Great. It was great. It was like, we're going to win this game. You're not going to do anything about it. Give us the puck. I think Philly only had it like like a total of five to ten seconds for like the last four minutes of the game. 
It was impressive, like wildly impressive. Like I rarely see Carol. I mean, even when they've been as good, usually when the other team pulls the goalie, they're in their own zone for a good chunk of that time. But that was just impressive. It was impressive work. And that's what that was Carolina Hurricanes hockey, like at its finest. For sure. Yeah, it was great. Um, But yeah, Carolina held on and you feel like they kind of stole that win. I did anyway. I mean, you may disagree with me, but. No, I, I mean, like I think so. I thought Philly deserved to win that game. I yeah. thought they, I mean, you know, Rod, I think, said it best, right? Or, and I think Adam Gold said it too. Carolina played a better game in Tampa Bay and lost. That's right. Got shut sometimes out. Sometimes it happens. Right. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that's the, that's the last three games uh, since the last session. Um, it was a good week. It really, real good week so far. Uh, Carolina's got upcoming games tonight as you're listening to this against the Rangers and MSG. Uh, and then they get one night off before they go back and play the Islanders on Saturday night. Um, and we will recap those games in session 14. Um, we've got a guest. Matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and announce this now since I'm on this topic. Uh, we've got a guest coming on next week. AB should be back. Uh, hopefully, he's not sick that long. But um, we've got uh, Brandon from the Warning Take, uh, who is he's active on X. Uh, we met him when we first started this podcast. He um, he has a YouTube channel, and if you've ever watched some of his videos, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. But he's got some great uh, videos where he picks a topic. And he goes very in-depth into detail on his thoughts and his takes. And they're very analytical. Um, just the guy, you know, he plays hockey. He's just got a ton of knowledge. Um, so he's going to be on with us next week. But check him out in the meantime. Uh, Sam, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, go over something from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and we're going to start getting into some of these hot topics uh, surrounding the team over the last couple of weeks. I'm ready for it. All right. So DraftKings, our first sponsor. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So, yeah, 
That's DraftKings. Sam, let's get into some good topics here. And what I want to start with is we have a ton of players, mainly in our top six and, and our top four defensemen, that are off to, I mean, a heck of a start, right? Um, you know, and they a lot of these guys are surpassing my wildest expectations. And I understand that we're only 10 games into the season, but, um, you know, we got to start with Tavo Teravainen. I mean, this guy is totally made me eat my words. I was sitting back here in the summer calling for a trade. You and me both. Um, which I regret now. But he's eight goals, one assist, nine points in 10 games. He's tied in the, he's tied second in the NHL in goals right now. You know, he just cannot – he just can't miss. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, with a, with a league that has Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Alex Ovechkin, I'll take tied for second in goals in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Hey, yeah, what do you think? I was I was listening to. I know you listened to uh, Kane's cast, right, Griff? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, right. Did you listen to their recent one today? I did. I did. So they, there was a question posed: over under eighty points, forty goals for Tavo. You leaving that or taking it? <laughs> you know, I put me on the spot here. I, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I. And we have a question coming here in a little bit, something similar. I mean, not an over-under, but just something about Teravainen. But, you know, I don't know if he gets to 40 goals. Um, I just don't know. And, you know, his career high is, what, 23 or 25 or something like that? Uh, that sounds right. I think 25. I don't, I don't see him getting all the way to 40. I could see him getting to 30. Um, and you know, and you gotta, you gotta think he's going to go through a slump at some point this season. Uh, and, but you know, I was, I was wrong before, so maybe I'm wrong again. I don't know if I I think I would have to take the under, um, just because I'm, I'm still skeptical a little bit. I mean, I, I don't blame you there. Um, I mean, what is Tavo? This is the first time he's shot the puck like this. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I know I, I'm choosing, I'm going to be optimistic here. I'm going to take the 40 goals. That would um, be amazing. And I'm going to take it with this as well. Tavo gets to 40 as long as he isn't stuck on the fourth line or the third line, however you want to put that third scoring line. Cause I don't think he'll be able to do it there, but he'll be able to do it in the top two. I yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I don't see, I don't see how you can move him down there. And, and again, this is another topic I have a little bit later, but I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think you can put him down there on that line with you know Drury or whoever's down there. Like, I think he's, he's earned his good. way. Yeah, he's playing too good. Everything he, everything's going in the back of the net for Turbo right now. Yeah. And if he doesn't keep scoring, he's going to start dishing the puck. So the assists are going to go up. So, I mean, I don't, I think he's going to be a point per game. He might be. He might be. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this guy, uh, you know, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see 80 points, 40 goals, whatever. Um, I just can't say yes until I see it. And I'll have a little bit of a hot take, I guess, with, with Tavo when we get to one of the other topics I saw in our notes for today. Oh, okay. All right. Um, another player that's been hot, and uh, this guy I talked about uh, as my breakout player of the year before the season started, and 
Um, so far, so good. Yes, Barry Kokanyami is off to a great start, making everybody eat their words for saying that he's not a second-line center. Uh, but four goals, six assists for 10 points. Um, we very well may be witnessing his breakout year. Uh, I mean, this is – I think I, I put something out on Twitter or X um, last week, or it might have been earlier this week, that broke down uh, calendar year 2023 <clears throat> and how many points he's had since January 1st. Let me see if I can find that real quick because – I think it was uh let me just pull that up real quick because I want to I wanted to talk about that. Let's see here. I know he's really close to a point per game. Cause he was <clears throat> outrageous at the end of last season and he has not looked back. Here last, it is. I mean he's been amazing. Yeah, so from January January first, twenty twenty three to uh today. This doesn't count the Philly game, uh, so I don't think he, did he. Hit, I don't think he had any points against Philly, but uh, that's 54 regular season games in calendar year 23. In that time, he's got 16 goals, 24 assists, for a total of 40 points, uh, and a plus 12. So, I mean, take plus 12 for what it's worth. You know, it is what it is. But uh, you know, 40 points in 54 games and. That's a, I mean, that's, that's worth every penny of that $4.82 million deal, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that contract's going to be a steal if he's nudging 60, 70 points a season. I mean, Jordan Stahl rarely hit those numbers and we paid him six. So if we can get our second line center at less than five deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody, all the haters, the doubters, the Habs fans, whatever that, you know, just want to rub this guy's name through the mud. I don't want to hear it anymore. Let look, you know what? Every time they do, he goes into Montreal and, <laughs> and that's what he what, what, last season he sent him home. So you know what? He did. I, I loved it. Heck yeah. Um, Seth Jarvis is the next guy on my list. Uh four goals, five assists, nine points. This guy has just I mean, you can tell Rod loves him. He has turned into an all situations forward, two hundred foot forward. He's taking face-offs. He's winning face-offs. He's on the power play. He's on the penalty kill. Uh, he's playing top-line minutes. Leads the team in hits. I mean, this guy just does everything. And, um, man, <laughs> if he continues this progression, you know, this guy could turn into a star in the NHL. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I think Seth Jarvis he's a guy you need to lock up ASAP. If you can get him on an, if you can get him on a contract like Svetch's, I think you're getting a good deal. Um, maybe yeah. a little less, but you know, I think if you use Svetch as a model for Jarvis, I think that's a good idea. He's, you know, he's going to be somewhere in that Svetch range. And I think Natchez will be too. Um, and if they both keep playing the way they are, I'll tell you, I think Jarvis will make more, because I think Jarvis is more responsible with the puck. And he's I got think a more complete game. That. Yeah. Yeah. He's he in- does. He doesn't have the glaring turnovers. I think that Natchez. Yeah. Jarvis is a total team player. And I think right. Marty Natchez can try to do a little too much on his own. Yeah. I mean, Marty Natchez is obviously a little bit more skilled, I think. But 
you know, a little bit more speed maybe. Uh, but Seth Jarvis is a complete player. I mean, he's turned into it. So, uh, but just a couple, I guess, honorable mentions that are also off to a hot start. Uh, Martin Natchez, we just talked about just because he's, you know, he's clutch in high pressure situations mainly. And um, he's the guy you want on the ice in overtime, obviously. Uh, he's, you know, but like we just said, sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. Uh, he can, he has been known to give away the puck. So, I mean, as long as he keeps producing and winning in overtime, a lot of it's going to be negated. Um, and that's what matters. Like we won in Philly, but he did have right. a turnover that directly led to a goal. You can yeah. argue whether that was worse or Anderson should have stopped it. You know, you can have that argument, but it doesn't get to Anderson if Natchez doesn't turn it over. So that's right. You know, you have to have those conversations. And but if Natchez is going to do that, he needs to produce. Two years ago, he did it, but didn't produce. So. I'll take the production for sure. Uh, Michael Bunting, uh, new at new addition to the team this year. He's off to a good start. In my opinion, three goals, five assists for eight points. I think he's as advertised. I think we're getting what we thought we would get from him. Uh, he's a gritty player, great around the net and, you know, does what, what it is he is supposed to do. He does it well. So, uh, glad to have him, you know, hopefully he keeps progressing as he gets more and more comfortable in our system. Um, and I think he will bunting. He got a goal that he really, you could tell he really needed the other night and, um, yeah. his celebration was great. So, um, yeah, bunting did you is, see is definitely becoming a favorite of mine for sure? Did you, did you see, happen to see what came out after that? Uh, what was behind that celebration? No, I, I didn't. Saw. I was wondering if something was because he pointed up to the sky. So, so, you know, tell me, cause I'm curious. Yeah. So his grandfather actually passed away. Uh, the, the day of that game. So it was like, I don't know, it was oh, like wow. fresh news. Um, but, you know, you saw him, when he scored that goal, he kind of pointed up to the sky and, you know, kind of like that one was for you or I don't know exactly what he said, but um, yeah, so his grandfather passed away and that then that night on, uh, on X, or not, sorry, Instagram, uh, he put out a story with, you know, some pictures with him and his grandfather, a nice little tribute to him. So that's that's actually what was behind that. So I'm that's great that he could get a goal and kind of um you know honor his grandfather in that manner. So I love that. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Feel definitely yeah. thoughts and prayers with the family with the loss, but for sure. Um Bunting's definitely part of the Hurricanes family now and he, you know, I I, I want to see him succeed and I think he's going to help this team succeed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another one, just a couple more here. Stefan Nason off to a good start, two goals, six assists, uh, eight points. This guy's an elite passer, in my in my opinion. Maybe not elite, but very, very, very great passer. Um, he looks like he's improved over last season. Kind of, you know, I mean, he was good in the end of the last year, but uh, what a start he's off to. And, you know, again, he's great around the net, great on the power play, um, great net front presence. Uh, and then last, just to get through these, Jacob Slavin. Uh, is seven points through 10 games. If we keep seeing him scoring at this pace, uh, maybe we actually see him become a Norris finalist this year. That would be, that would make my entire season. I mean, other than the obvious, but <laughs> I mean, look he, I, just, look, he should be a finalist every season. The fact that he's not proves that there, you need to have two different awards for defensemen. 
most points by an NHL defenseman and most def- and the best defensive defenseman. It's simple. You have the Rocket Richard trophy, right? For the most goals, it goes to either Ovechkin or Matthews. It's usually it there. I don't know why you can't <clears throat> split up the the defense. I mean, because look, Slavin deserves to be honored. I mean, when you go and you play some of these games, uh, and I and I do play some of the hockey games, like Dougie Hamilton sometimes is rated higher than Slavin. And I'm like, y'all yeah. crazy. Dougie Hamilton might yeah. have the shot, <laughs> but I'm sorry. I saw Ovechkin manhandle that guy in the playoffs. I don't want to hear it. For sure. Now that might upset our friend Neil, but I'm sorry. Dougie's just not as good of a defenseman as Slavin. I mean, good. You might get the offense, but dude disappears in the playoffs. Where Slavin's there from game one to game, you know, whatever. Right. So, yeah, I think he's I mean, had I'll... a iffy defensive start to the season, but he's producing. So, you know, if he, and he's going to find he's going to figure it out. I mean, this is not and and J, and not normal. Jacob Slavin is still the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. Yeah. But yeah. And it's not close, in my opinion. No, um, maybe McCarr, maybe Kale McCarr. Well, I still think Slavin's better defensively. I mean, McCarr is the more yeah. complete, you know, well, you know, as far as that balance between offense and defense go. But if Slavin keeps scoring like this, then there's no no question. Yeah, I mean, he has just, to be at least a final. It's not, it's not debatable. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my list of players that are off to a great start. Kind of, uh, you know, hopefully if they all keep this pace, I mean, you know, some of them are obviously going to – you know, have their ups and downs and most of them will, but, you know, great start offensively. Um, hopefully they keep it up, but one person or one player from the team that I do want to talk about, who's not necessarily off to the hottest start, Sam, what is going on with Sebastian Ajo? Um, you know, is this, is there something wrong or is it just my imagination? I mean, I know he had the injury, I know he may be battling that injury. You know, we've seen him miss three games, but you know, then you look on the other side of the aisle, and he's one game, uh, one goal, five assists for six points through seven games. So, I mean, is this just my imagination or is something off? What do you think? Yeah. So, I, I mean, if you've listened to to what Sam and I've talked about, I think I've said almost every episode that Aho is not one hundred percent. I don't care what Rod says. I don't care what he, if he's not taking face-offs, if he's, you know, he took some, I think, in, against Philly. I think he was back to center. But Aho Aho needs to be over a point per game. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, if you want to say I'm being too cr- critical or no, too demanding, I agree. that's fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, he needs to be. He, and seven, look, he was hurt, so I'm going to give him a bye. Six points through seven games. I think in these next two games, I would say in the next five games, Aho needs to have seven or eight points. He needs to start to pile up these points against a team like the Islanders. Look, they might be good defensively, but their team Carolina has had their number for a long time. Go in there, yeah. take care of things in New York. Aho needs to get a point or two there. And then again, what do you, we come back home, play Buffalo on Tuesday. Come on. <laughs> you got to yeah. win that game. You got to win that game. And Aho's got to be a big player there. And it's at home. And Aho does really well at home. So, yeah, he's definitely not been healthy. And, I mean, I think there's been signs of it. They've said he's 100%. And I'm like, well, because in the same breath, it was he's 100%. But he said, oh, but he knows he he's not as good as the person across from him in the face-off circle right now. I'm like, well, then he's not 100%. Exactly, yeah. So, he... you know, maybe he can play, but 
I, I don't know what's wrong with him. It might be elbow, could be wrist, but yeah. he needs to get healthy. And if that means maybe setting him for a couple more games, okay, I'm okay with that. Um, because I want him to get better, and maybe if he keeps playing, it's aggravating it. But yeah, I agree. Aho has been fine, but Aho can't be fine. He has to be excellent. Yeah, I agree. He needs to get going. You know, he just. I don't know. We, we need, you know, the Canes are at their best when Aho is at his best, obviously. Yes, so, agreed. Uh, you know. And Tavo, need, too. Tavo, right. Tavo, too. But they kind of, I mean, Tavo's that much better when, when Aho is that much better as well. So, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Hopefully he gets going. You know, like you said, New York needs to get, some points going, get back home against Buffalo. And we did see him start taking faceoffs again uh, against Philadelphia. So, you know, whatever is going on, hopefully is working itself out. But um, so moving on here, uh, we saw Andrei Svechnikov return to the lineup against San Jose. Uh, so Svech is back. You know, one of the questions I have is, you know, and I think some of I think we might have gotten our answer today. Uh, today is November 1st. They practiced this morning before they flew to, to New York. But, you know, my question was, is Rod going to leave him uh, playing fourth line with Drury and Nason, or is he going to move him up and have somebody else play there? And if so, who is going to play there? Um, the lines at practice this morning were, uh, they had Svechnikov running uh, first line with Ajo and Jarvis. And then Martin Natchez was actually the quote unquote top six forward that bumped down to play uh, Drury, Drury's wing with Nason. Mm-hmm. And then Tara Vinan shifted down to second line with Coke Kanyami and Bunting. And then, of course, the MSF line uh, stayed the same. You know, I, I kind of like this. The line, the lines that we saw at practice this morning, and I, you know, I, and I'll tell you why, and you can, you know, give your take on this too. But I think people need to stop thinking of fourth line as a punishment, right? We're going to have three scoring lines on this team this year. We're that deep. Should um, should should, should right exactly should. On paper, we have three scoring lines. Um. And then, you know, there's there's our checking line, the, the Martin Stahl Foss line. And, you know, that's what you need to win a cup. I mean, if you look at look at look at Tampa's, you know, few years where they were, you know, back to back cups and, you know, in the finals year over year. And what did they have? They had deep scoring lines. Um, you know, you can create favorable matchups with that fourth line. So it's not a punishment. You know, whether it's Natchez there or Svechnikov or Bunting or whoever, that's like an automatic cheat code on that line. I mean, because you're going to get a favorable matchup. And usually the fourth lines play against the other teams' fourth lines. So if you if you have a combo of Steph Nason, who can pass the puck with the best of them, Martin Natchez, who's got a great shot, speed, uh, tons of offensive skill, and then as long as Drury can just not screw up, <laughs> I mean, as long as he can just, you know, steer the ship there, that's going to be a dangerous line. Uh, what do you think? Do you agree with that? I like the lines. 
but I have a lot to say about Jack Drury, and I'm not sure you want me to talk about it now or later. <laughs> hey, look, that's my next topic, actually. So if you want me to go ahead and skip to that, let's let's go ahead and do that. We can talk that. Yeah. Um, my next topic is literally, is Jack Drury the answer at 4C? You know, he played decent against Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, he, scored, he scored a goal. And for some reason, when Jack Drury scores, it's disallowed. Every time, <laughs> but yeah. he was noticeable from time to time against Philly. But you know, you should be noticeable when you're playing with Andrei Sveshnikov, right? You just should. Yeah, um, I'm. You know, and I've said this before on on this podcast. I'm kind of over the Jack Drury experiment. But you know, what do you think? What's your take? So I, I don't know how often you listen to us, Griff. Um, I think I've gone every game this season talking about how yeah. I how Jack how it, how I'm I'm done with Jack Drury. Yeah. Um I, I was done with him when I heard he asked for a trade. Uh you don't want to be here, then fine. You know, you're not gonna play. Right. Not a problem to me. I don't think he's that good. Um I I he had a good game against Philly. We're nine games in. Okay. Good for you. I even Lemieux has a goal. He's not that great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's like, do you want me to give you some roses? I'm like, you had a good game. Good for you. Still not the answer on the fourth line center because we need three scoring lines. And if you've listened to me, you know, there is this very specific player I'm arguing all the time to bring in. Yeah. Because you do not have to trade to get him. You just call up George Stahl's brother, Eric. He has not signed anywhere. He had, I think, 30 points in 80 games, right around that mark. I don't know why you don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I And something I was kind of saying uh, before yesterday when we found out Paul Stasny retired, but I was like, bring back Stasny. Yeah, bring I was, back Stasny and let him play fourth line center, and you know you can keep Drury on Drury on the roster if you want to and scratch him every night. But Paul Stasny was great last year in his role. Yeah, I was the captain of the uh, Paul Stasny. I know, <laughs> I know you were, um, but you know I don't know if it was known outside of you know Paul Stasny's circle whether he was you know officially retiring or not, but. Um, that came out yesterday, so yeah, happy. That's retirement. not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Good luck to Paul in retirement, bud. Um, but Eric Stahl, I mean, you've you've been a fan of this team for a while, Griff. I mean, you you've oh, seen yeah. you've seen Eric Stahl and Jordan. And that yeah. didn't work at the time, and, and really, the reality was they didn't surround him with the right pieces. That's right, or the right coaches. And I just feel for the fans, for the organization, that they owe it to the experiment they tried and failed to do it again, where it is literally, they cannot fail. They are, and they don't have, and they don't have as much of an impact on the success of the team. Like they did then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not, they're not playing like top line. You know what I mean? It's not the success of this team is solely on your shoulders. Stall brothers. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And Eric can skate. He can contribute offensively. I bet if he came in, he'd probably have somewhere in the range of 30 to 40 points. He's going to be playing with either Svechnikov, 
Jarvis, Natchez, or Tavo. He's yeah. gonna ha- and then with Nason there too. So you're gonna have a, a line that when they're out against other fourth lines, they're gonna be like, oh crap. Eric's yeah. gonna win the face off, and then they're gonna go to the four check, and it's not gonna be pleasant. And yeah, I mean it it would be a good ex- you know, it's not in my book, it's not an experiment. I think uh I think you know what you're gonna get out of him. Um and Jordan's gonna vouch for him, you know that. Of I mean, course. if you heard our episode with Adam Gold, he said the same thing. It just it there's a player out there. If yeah. you don't want to make a trade, now look, I'll tell you right now, and you've got this in the notes too. I would take Elias Lindholm if the you know Calgary's looking to move stuff. If they're looking to move <coughs> someone to get, they're looking to move Lindholm. I'm like deal. Yeah, I I would love for uh, Carolina to trade for Elias Lindholm. I just don't know. I don't know what you'd have to get up, give up to get him. I mean, what are they looking for? And, you know, you could say, oh, well, we could trade a defenseman. We could trade Pesci. We could trade Shea. Well, problem with that is, you know, they still have – like Pesci's got a 15-team, no trade clause. So um, can you even move him to Calgary? You know, I don't know. Not that I'm saying I would want to give up Pesci, but I'm saying if you're going to trade for Elias Lindholm, your trade piece, if it's a current rostered player, yeah. is probably going to come from the defense, right? Yeah, look, I've I've argued. I'm going to preface this by saying I, that I really like Brett Pesci. But I've seen the reports. He wants somewhere in the neighborhood of seven million. Carolina wants somewhere in the neighborhood of five. That is a big gap to bridge. If you can't do it, you got to move him because you don't you just you can't yeah. let him walk. You have a lot of defensemen. You are in a position to do that. Then at the deadline, you can go bring in a seventh defenseman that can play in case something happens. That will that won't cost you much at all. but I just, I don't, I, I I don't see why if you cannot sign Shea and Pesci and you know that, you know that now, and the organization knows it right now, you have to to go to Calgary. If, If Pesci doesn't have Calgary on that list, you have to go to Calgary and say, all right, let's start here. I remember when I said I had a hot take about Tavo? Tavo's got high dra- trade capital. If you know Ooh. you're not going to sign Teravinen, you know you're not going to sign Teravinen, but you would extend Lindholm. It sucks because Tavo's hot, but I, you know, Lindholm was younger. If you're going to extend Lindholm and bring him in, and you know that's happening, I'm on board with that too because I also want to mm. move forward. And Lindholm's, you bring in Lindholm, you're not going to notice that loss there because it's just going to be. Lindholm will come in and be very successful in Carolina. Um, he's always wanted to play for Rod from what I've heard as well. So that's going to be instant connection. I, I don't want to move Tavo if I don't have to. If I can stick with moving defensemen, picks, and prospects, I'm going to start there. But I move Teravine, and if it means Lindholm, I mean, it, 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 if you extend Lindholm, I don't do the swap if you're not if you're going to let him walk too. Yeah, no, I, I don't know about, man. <laughs> That's tough. I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I could send Turbo back right now for anybody. But um, you know, hopefully it it would be nice if we could get it done with just futures. Um Yeah. You know, I would give up I'd give up first rounder, I'd give up next year's first round. I'd give up next next year's first and second round. Um and then maybe a prospect. I, I think the only prospect off limits for me Nikishin. is Nikishin and maybe Unger Sorum. Um, so, um, other than that, Scott Morrow. Scott, oh, right. 
Scott Morrow. Everybody else would kind of be on the table. I mean, I would probably be willing to say, hey, you know, Suzuki looked pretty solid in training camp and in prospect camp. You're giving us a center here. Here's a prospect center. You know, he doesn't really yeah. have a spot here, but maybe he can thrive like Lindholm did in, in Calgary. Maybe we can do something like that again where it's like, hey, you know, you sent us, you know, we sent you a guy who was playing that third, fourth line role and he thrived in the first second and now you're sending him back. Maybe we'll send you Suzuki and maybe he'll do the same thing in Calgary. But I think, but I think where you're going to get stuck moving Pesci or Shea is to make the cap work. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We'll see how, we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, but Eric Stahl is the easiest thing to do. I mean, if you want to uh, fix yeah. your center role, that's the easiest thing to do. It sure is. And you don't have to pay him a lot. No, so, league minimum, he'll come and do it. He gets to play with his brother and win a cup. Of course. Let's <laughs> just course. do it. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be interesting. But, I, I, you know, like you said, I don't think Drury is – I don't think he's the answer. I don't think uh, – I think if Drury's playing our fourth line, I, I don't – you know, you might – I don't think Carolina hoists the cup. I mean, I know that's like putting a lot on Drury's shoulders, but you need – you know, in the playoffs when scoring dries up, you need all you need all the scoring you can get. Yes, so. and and in my opinion, I just jury wasn't. In, I mean, he played last year. Did you notice him in the playoffs? No, no, a couple hits. Most of the time, him getting hit. Uh, but that was it. But hey, um, let me get to our next sponsor, and then I want to go through some fan questions here, some listener questions. Uh, we've got some good ones, and. Uh, you know, we could talk through these and um, and then, yeah, we'll call it a night. So uh, real quick, a new sponsor. Well, I should say returning sponsor to THPN uh, Raycon. The holiday season makes everything so chaotic. It may not be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon's products before uh, when they were our sponsor for THPN uh, back about a month or so ago. Uh, their everyday earbuds are great. Uh, I love them. They're so comfortable, and I listen to them all the time. But Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, like I just talked about, uh, which is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features, like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. <clears throat> and this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. And their faucet filter ultra-filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have wrapped up, excuse me, racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, 
Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right, so that's Raycon. That wraps up our second sponsor. Sam, you ready to get to these questions? I'm down. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to get the there, – there's one in here. I'm going to get out of the way. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> but from the Grit and Barrett podcast, which is a THPN podcast that covers the Hershey Bears, he wants to know, do tiny elves live in Brett, Brent Burns' beard? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'd say yes. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. Moving on. From the warning take, right? So this guy, this is the guy I talked about earlier who's going to be coming on next week. He's cool dude. Cool dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he, he says, do you think Turbo will maintain his scoring pace? And we kind of hit on this, Sam, but yeah, uh, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think he's on pace for 60s plus, and that isn't going to happen. But yeah, I, I know, like I said, Mike and Shane talked about it. I, I'm They didn't take it, but I'm going to. I think 40. I, I think he could do 40. Tavo has got, in my opinion, the best shot on the team. And if he continues to use it, yeah, it can rip 40. And I think that's where he's going to become great. Granted, it's going to suck because if they want to keep him, he's going to want a lot of money. And at the end of the day, you're probably not <clears throat> going to be able to keep both Tavo, Natchez, and Jarvis. I mean, the cap's going to go up $4 million, I think. So that's a plus. But Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. We'll see. I uh, I think Tavo's going to – you know, he's going to hit a, a, a point this year where he struggles. I think he's going to hit a slump. Um you know, as most people do, but the, the, I think the, the answer to that question is determined by what he does outside of that slump. You know, is he, is he scoring point per game? Um, you know, outside of that, is he on above a point per game pace? You know, I don't know. I don't think that he's going to maintain the current pace in my, in my opinion. Uh, I think he'll score a lot of points. I think he'll have a, obviously, a better season than last year, which isn't hard to do by any means, but I don't know if he maintains this, but I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope he does. I hope he does. Cause he's after the year he had last year, there isn't a player on this roster that doesn't deserve it more than Tavo. He's, he's a nice guy. I've, I've questioned whether he wants to be here. And a lot of it had to do with last season. It just didn't seem like he, I mean, may, I don't know. I mean, Griff, I don't know if maybe you felt this way at all. I just started to get this feeling that there wasn't a desire to play in Carolina anymore, which I wouldn't necessarily fault him for. He's been here a while. Um, and sometimes the change of scenery is good, but I, I don't know. I guess the attitude, maybe again, it could just be his personality. Cause I know it's very interesting. Um, yeah. I but, don't know. Cause you hear the coach talk about him and, you know, he said Rod talks about him. Like, you know, there's nobody, you know, he's, he's a hard worker. he, cares he you know it, it just doesn't project itself through his personality like it does some others 
Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, I don't know, but I know again, the mind is a powerful thing. So, you know, Tavo is just kind of, I think he's really headstrong right now. And that is showing in his production. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a contract year. So this is definitely the year he needs to do it for sure. Um, so moving on, Adam Kennedy says, what do you think of the new lines? And I'm guessing he's talking about the lines at morning skate this morning. So we're going to assume that. Do you think when Pesci is back that Tony will be benched? No. Do you think that our window will stay open for a while because of players like Nikish and Morrow and Ungerstorm? So this is like three questions here. What do you think of the new lines? We kind of talked about this a few minutes ago. I like the new lines. Um, I think, I think of those seven forwards that are fighting for time in our top six, I like Natchez down there. Yeah. I think that's the one I would go with. Because he can abuse other players' fourth lines. Right. Theoretically, he should be doing that. He's going to be faster. He's going to be more skilled than any of them. So, yeah, I think Natchez there. And that's going to allow him to be a little bit more selfish if you know with the puck so right. yeah i think it works with his play style and what he wants to do yeah i mean is he a top six player yes is he a top six forward yes uh on this team because of the amount of players that we have the amount of forwards we have uh with top six potential i think i think it's good i like it um so the second part of this question do you think when pesci is back that tony will be benched no, you said no, right? Nope. Nope. And I have reasoning for that. Um, and <clears throat> I agree. And, and I, I have reasoning for it that I agree with what Adams gold says. And he, you know, he knows Rod, he knows a lot of people in that organization. The Carolina hurricanes value Tony D'Angelo as power play one quarterback. And you're not going to bench your power play one quarterback. You're just not. Um, I, I like Chatfield. I really do. And I think another reason why moving Pesci or Shea makes a lot of sense, it's that Chatfield doesn't deserve to be benched. D'Angelo doesn't deserve to be benched. And the way they've all been playing right now, none of them deserve to be benched, but you're not going to bench Brett Pesci. It's not fair because he got hurt. Yeah. I, I just, you know, at the end of the day, it's Chatfield. Uh, just what Tony brings on the power play for them right now. I think they just value. I agree with Adam Gold is that that right now is the more valuable asset to them. Again, if he wasn't the power play one quarterback, then yeah, sure, maybe. But he's quarterbacking the first unit, and they're not going to take that away. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Um, not saying that I, not saying what I agree with benching Chatfield over Tony or the other way around or whatever, because I, I really don't know. I'm kind of indifferent on it, but. What will I think the team do? I think the team will go with Tony for the power play. And if the power play keeps producing like it is, I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's directly responsible, but he has something to do with it, right? Yeah. Power play has been good. No, it's been so. very good with, I mean, again, I think it just goes back to, I and I said it at the beginning of the season, there's just, I'm concerned about the locker room yeah. when you have seven top four NHL defensemen because someone's not playing that should be. 
And when you're Chatfield on a contract year, <clears throat> it's got to be frustrating. I don't know if that means they use him as a trade piece at the deadline or coming up. Again, we talked about Calgary. You know, if they're going to sign Pesci and Shea, then maybe they move Chatfield. I don't know. I just feel like for the locker, it's just, I'm worried about the locker room. And I guess I can just leave it at that. Yeah, I've said that too. Uh, I've said that in the past as well. Uh, But uh, we've got quite a few more questions. So we'll try to move on instead of, you know, I've got more to say on that, but I'm going to move on. (laughs) Well, you can come on our (laughs) podcast and you and I can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Anytime. Uh, the last part of that question. Do you think that our window will stay open for a while because of players like Nikishin, Morrow, and Ungersorum? And I saw this earlier, and my first thought was, um, I don't think that Carolina's window is going to stay open because of a certain player or a certain group of players. Or, I mean, they obviously help. I think Carolina's window stays open because management makes good decisions that keep Carolina competitive, right? I think the free agent signings this year, you know, if they keep doing stuff like that, I mean, who knows? But um, the moves that they make to add players to this team year in and year out to support the core, you know, their commitment to the core, you know, I think that's what keeps your window open. Um, and it's going to be, it's, we're going to learn a lot here over the next year, right? Because there's a lot of contracts coming due. We're going to find out what they're going to do with Jacob Slavin soon. I mean, obviously they're going to keep him, but we'll find out what we get, what he gets paid and, and who they're going to put around him. And we're going to find out what happens to Pesci and Shay. And, you know, there's a lot of things coming up and we've talked about it on and off you know, for a long time, especially tonight. But uh, I think that's what keeps our window open. Um, yes, Nikishin is going to be great for this team. When and if he gets here, Scott Morrow's got tons of potential. Felix Ungersorum, 18-year-old kid that came in and camp and impressed. Um, so that's all part of the piece. But it's the decisions, the long-term decisions outside of that is going to determine how long this window is stretched. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the window for this group closes this year, but their playoff, you know, their ability to win isn't going to go away. This team has got too many players locked up for too long that are too good, but we've alluded to it throughout the podcast. There's a lot of tough decisions to be made coming up. Um, Pesci, Shea, Tavo, Jarvis, Natchez, Chatfield, D'Angelo, <clears throat> two years, Slavin. There's a lot of players you got to sign. Is Pesci going to – Pesci wants – again, it's been reported, $7 million. Got to think Shea's going to want something close to that too. And Shea produces more, so Shea's going to probably have the better argument. Um, Natchez is going to want a pay raise. Jarvis is going to want a pay raise. Tavos keeps this up. He's going to deserve a pay raise. <laughs> so Slavin's going to want a pay raise. I mean, for yeah. this core, yes, the window closes this season. They need to go all in. If you want to say, and your plan is to keep everybody on this roster, Pesci, Shea, Pesci, Slavin, 
Stahl, Aho, right? Those guys, the core of this group, if you want them to win a cup, yeah, got to be this, this year. The year. Yeah, I would agree with that. If you're talking Stanley Cup window, then yeah, I think this is that this is it for for a while. Um, you know, but again, depending on what decisions are made and what the team looks and like. And this next team year. hasn't gone all in yet. Yeah, you're they right. Have, they they have not, and it's been so frustrating. They have not. <clears throat> if they don't make a move at the deadline, I'm going to be infuriated. <laughs> because it's like, do you just not ever want to believe in this organization? Like yeah. Dundon, Waddell, and I, and if they don't, I'm going to be calling for some heads. But um, you owe it to every player in this locker room that's a member of the core. If you're going to keep Pesci, you're going to keep Shea, you're going to keep Tavo, you're going to keep Jarvis and Natchez, all of these guys, you have to do for them. You have to bring in somebody. There is, you don't care how Jury feels. You just don't. If you can bring in a guy to replace Drury, do it. You owe it to the core. If you can bring in Lindholm, do it. You owe it to the core. If you can do it without giving up a member of the core, you do it. I agree. You just you have to. You owe it to the core to make go all in. This team can win a cup, as yep. is, but you want to get an insurance policy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Here's a question from AB. <laughs> Hey, he says, he says here's, his contribu- here's my contribution to the pod. In the past three games, Orlov has two assists and a positive plus minus. Does he keep trending upwards? Why or why not? Um, yes, I think he does keep trending upwards. I mean, we knew coming in to this season it was going to take him a while to adjust, just like we saw Brent Burns take a while to adjust last season. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to be quite that quite that bad in the beginning uh but you know he is trending upwards i've heard adam gold say that he doesn't know if dimitri orlov can skate well enough to play for carolina um i tend to disagree i think i think we just need to give him some time and we're starting to see the improvement i think he keeps trending upwards i think uh he becomes a reliable, responsible defenseman in this system um, in the very near future. I think Adam Gold's take on Orlov <clears throat> is a fair one because I, you know, through the first nine games overall, he hasn't proven he can. And 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 let's be clear, Orlov is not as good of a skater as D'Angelo or Chatfield, right? Um, so yeah, he is a little slower. But he's improved, <clears throat> kind of like Burns. Burns struggled first part of the season, figured it out, scored more points than any Hurricanes defenseman had in the past, which was previously set by Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. So does Orlov figure it out? Yeah, yeah. He's going to keep moving in the right direction. I have no reason to doubt that. And I think it's going to get to a good enough point where we'll be able to go ahead and let um, D'Angelo and uh, Nason or not Nason, D'Angelo and Orla play together. For sure. All right. So we've got, let's see, we've got three more questions. So we'll try to get through them quick here. Uh, Eric walking scarecrow K eight. 
asks, <laughs> is there any unsigned free agents that tickle your pickle? Eric Stahl. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. Uh, any you think could bolster the Canes for a cup run? Eric free Stahl. Yeah, Eric Stahl. I agree. <laughs> Eric Stahl. We, we talked about it. Um, no one else. I mean, there could be others out there, but I think I think if you can bring in if you had if you bring in a free agent, you have to bring in Eric Stahl. His brother's on the team. Who won a, a cup history. with Rod Brindamore? Exactly. He's got a history with coaching staff. You know, it's just it's, it's a no brainer. He won me. a cup with Rod Brindamore. He played with Tim Gleason, and I think Jeff Daniels was part of the coaching staff when he won a cup. I mean, it's a no brainer to me, right? It just makes sense. It, it's an easy add, and even if you want to make him your scratch, okay, he can play when someone's hurt. It, yeah. We just went through an issue where we lost a center, and we didn't know what to do. Yeah, we had <laughs> Tavo Teravine playing center. center. <laughs> yeah. He was good briefly at that, but he's not. That's not the answer. I agree. All right, next question. We got two left. Uh, Eric Peterson. He would love to know our thoughts on Svetch's first few games back, and then he also wants to know. What are your what are the top three teams that you are looking forward to facing throughout the year and why? Um, my thoughts on Svetch's first few games back. I mean, he's didn't miss a beat, right? He uh he came in, played hard, doesn't look doesn't look scared, doesn't look shy. Um I've I was scared at certain points. I know we he came in against San Jose and he starts throwing his body around. I'm like, Svetch, come on, man, just like give it a couple of games before you start giving me a heart attack here. But um, no, he's fine. He looks good. He looks strong. He looks fast. Um, yeah. Svetch is back. Yeah. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Svetch looked good. Have no complaints. All right. The top three teams we're looking forward to facing throughout the year and why. Um, so my top three. Hmm. Number one is the New Jersey Devils. Okay. Uh, I think I think in the division, they are, other than Carolina, one of the teams that kind of improved. And they were good last year, right? I mean, we saw them in the second round of playoffs, beat them in five games of the second round of playoffs, might I add. But... You know, they add Timo Meyer last year. They and then the offseason comes and they add Tyler Toffoli from Calgary. And you know, they're just that's a dangerous top six. I mean, Jack Hughes is playing out of his mind right now. And so I am excited for this division battle uh between Carolina and Jersey. I think that's who it's going to come down to at the end of the year. Uh New the Rangers may have something to say about it, but I think at the end of the year, just like past season. It's going to come down very close, tight race between Carolina and New Jersey. And I think those two games will be very entertaining, very fast, very fun to watch. Um, so that's my number one. Um, my number one is Vegas. Ooh. Um, reigning Stanley Cup champ. That's the team, right? You technically have to dethrone to win a cup. I don't know if yeah. anyone out West can beat them. <laughs> no one has yet, right? I, I don't think they've lost a game yet. I think they lost in overtime. They did? Okay. So they haven't lost in regulation yet, then, I would assume. So Vegas is exciting. That is a team, theoretically, if you want to win a cup, you're going to have to beat them in seven. 
So I want to see how Carolina matches up against Vegas, both in Vegas and in Carolina. That's a good one. Um, all my teams are East. No, I'm sorry. They're not. My third team is a Western Conference team. Uh, but my second team is the uh, the Penguins. Just because the Penguins think they are extending their window or whatever they think they're doing. And we've dominated Pittsburgh the last two seasons. Um, I think we swept the series last year. Is that correct? I believe that's the right. Penguins? Yeah, I yeah. think we won. Was it three? I think we only played them three times. Yeah, we went three, three and oh, I believe, against them. Uh, there might have been an overtime win there or something. But, um, yeah, I always love beating Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, you know, and I enjoy, uh, you know, I'm, I like who 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 isn't a Sidney Crosby fan. I mean, I like the guy, <laughs> but I also like to beat the guy. So, um, and then they add Eric Carlson, and there was the whole drama in the offseason between Carolina and Pittsburgh about who's going to get Eric Carlson and all this. So I just want to go in, I want to beat him, and I want to remind Pittsburgh uh, who the king of the Metro is. Mm-hmm. So I always love the Pittsburgh games. I try to avoid going. <laughs> yeah, it gets rough in there, but uh, my brother's actually coming down for the Pittsburgh game this year. So, okay. yeah, I'll be there. It's a Saturday night. Which game. one? There's the, two the, Saturday Penguins games in Carolina. The, eight, no, the one this month, November 18th. Okay, okay yeah, cool. So. What's um, your number two? My number two is Florida. Um, I'm, it's a revenge game. They knocked us out in four. And to be honest, it's not a traditional sweep. Yeah, Florida fans are going to make fun of us for it, but they can't <laughs> defend why <laughs> because they know it was close. Um, it's <clears throat> again revenge. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want to win. And I think having that game and getting it out of the way, you want to expel demons as much as you can in the regular season and in the playoffs. So to beat yeah. Florida in the right, you know, it again, it's just part of expelling those demons. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I want to see that as well, but I don't know if that. I don't know. I could I could pump like eight teams into my top three right now. Maybe I can just squeeze them all in. <laughs> but <laughs> but my third is Edmonton. You know, um, Connor McDavid, Leon Drysidel. Uh, I call him Kane. Connor McCry, baby. Not Patrick Kane. Why did I say Patrick Kane? Evander Kane. Mm. Um, you know, I like. I think they have, I think Edmonton has one of the top two or three highest odds to make the final as well. I don't know anymore. They have not. Yeah, they, they, they have not. But you you got to think they're going to figure it out, right? Maybe. I but. Look, the happiest that would, the thing that would make me the happiest person in the world is to see the Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers miss the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Because those two cities are going to go nuts. I agree with that. But I, uh, so last year's fetch, Netted hat tricks in both games against Edmonton. Again, so, Edmonton doesn't have defense. I mean, exactly, does. exactly. So, um, and I, and I just like you know, I like to beat up on Connor McDavid and his group of buddies up there. So I always so, enjoy that game. After so in the playoffs, someone slashed Drysital and McDavid just cried about it, and the player got suspended. Someone whacked Tavo, similar fashion broke his finger uh, no yeah. suspension not even a penalty 
So ever since then, I call Connor McDavid Connor McCry, baby, because I'm like, yo, dry saddle wouldn't even hurt. That's fair. Fair, uh, fair name for that guy. So I'm like, come on, don't don't end up like Crosby, man. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> I, I All right. So last question, and this one, um, this one's gonna be my favorite one because I'm about to. I could spend an hour talking. Oh, about wait, one sec. My third team. Uh, let me give it to you real quick. Um, thirteen. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Let me cut you off. Uh, third team, Devils. Road to the Stanley Cup is going to go through New Jersey and Carolina. So you got to get through New Jersey. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Last question. And when I read this question, try not to to go off. Um. <laughs> oh God. Okay. But. <laughs> Just listen to the question first, and then we'll start talking here. But so John wants to know: with um, how patient are we going to be with Martinuk before revamping that line? Guy shoots more than anyone, other than Natchez, Aho, and KK, relative to ice time, with one shot every six point seven minutes. He's got zero goals, one assist, and one point so far in one hundred and fifty-five minutes of ice time with twenty-three shots. And then he goes on to say, if you're wondering, KK and Ajo both take a shot every 5.9 minutes of ice time, and Natchez is uh, one shot every 6.3 minutes of ice time. So he wants to know how long we're going to put up with Martinook on the martinook stahl foss line before they move him. Because Move him where? You're going to put him on the first line? You're going to put him on the second line? You're going to put him on the third scoring line? Give me, give me a break. Give me a break. Well, listen, hear me out, Sam. This is my thought on this. I don't look at the shots Martinuk takes as a bad thing. Yeah, no. he shoots a lot, right? But what is a, a high number of shots indicative of? Puck possession, right? Yeah, and that's what that line's job is supposed to do. Right. So the more you have, the more you have the puck, the more shots you take. Right. So to me, that is an indication that that line is doing their job. Right. That line is a checking line. It is a heavy line. It, they, their job is to shut down the other team's top line. Right. Night in, night out. And they're doing that. And Martinook is the energy behind that line. And he's an energy, he's an energy player in whatever line you put him in. So I would argue that. He's doing his job. We don't pay Jordan Martin to score goals. I mean, yes, he is a hockey player. He is a forward. You need to score goals. But Jordan Martinuk can play the whole season with under 10 goals and do exactly what it is that we need him to do. Yeah. And then anything you get above that is just icing on the cake, right? Yeah. I mean, Martinuk's heart and soul, right? That's kind of what you got him there for. And that line isn't designed to score goals. It is designed to shut down the top line of the other team. And then you get your, yes. And you get the rest of those guys to score. Look, a couple years ago. Yeah. Martin wasn't good. Was not good. Last year, Martin was outstanding in the playoffs. Martin turned into Wayne Gretzky against the (laughs) devils. I'm just not. I, I I don't mean you know I'll I'll flip the question around to him. <laughs> Where are you wanting to put him? Like seriously, and who are you going to put on that line? Because whoever you put on that line is going to be hampered to score points. We put Tavo 
that's not going to work. He's scoring too much. Maybe bunting. The argument might be to put bunting on that line, but I would argue you move Foss before you move Martinuk. So you move anybody. Yeah. And again, yeah, exactly. You're not going to touch that line. You're just not. No, they are outstanding night in night out. They're just, I mean, like we talked about that Philly game, right? They, they were the driving force behind possessing the puck the entire last three minutes of that game. And, uh, totally prevented Philly from, you know, trying to even it out and draw overtime. So, you know, I think, uh, John, I know what you're, I know what you're, where you're going with that. And I totally get it. You know, he's shooting a lot. He's not scoring, but, um, not everyone's going to score 30 goals on this team. Yeah. And, and, and again, I just think that's, you know, that's indicative of success because that's what you want this line to do. You want them to possess the puck. You want them to shut down, uh, top lines from other teams and that's what they're doing. So I'd be interesting to see their, their plus minus that line on the year, but I know they're, um, you know, in the the line rankings that get put out, I don't know who puts them out, but I see them on X all the time. Uh, that line is is up there in you know expected goals. So, yeah, one of the best in the NHL. Agreed. All right. Well, wow, we're over an hour and twenty minutes here, but um, yeah, I've enjoyed it, Sam. Thanks for coming on. Um, but that's all we have for tonight. So before we get out of here, though, Sam, you want to let everybody know, which uh, I'm sure they, a lot of them do, uh, but <laughs> let them know where, where they can find you guys at. Yeah, I am half of the Kaniac Report. Um, you guys can find us on X, on uh, Instagram. The Kaniac Report, just put it in your search and you'll find any of us up. You can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Play. I think we're all on all of those things. Um check us out we recently started writing a few pieces uh should try and do that weekly so if you want to read some thoughts that we have that maybe we won't flush out in a podcast feel free to read those as well sam wallace posted that uh that i wrote uh this monday i believe so yeah check us out we would greatly appreciate it yeah for sure yeah and for everybody out there i'm a longtime listener uh to the kaniac report enjoy everything these guys put out um so uh, highly recommend checking them out if you have not. But Unapologetic likely, Eric Stahl and Tony D'Angelo fan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, um, before we get out of here, you can find me uh, on X at M underscore Griff 10. Uh, you can find the podcast X account at Kaniac Sessions on X, Instagram, Facebook, and you can find our podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, which you already have if you're listening to this, um, my co-host, who we wish well and hope he's back healthy next week, uh, AB, you can find him on X at AB Caniac Session. Uh, so look him up, give him a follow, uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been Session 13 of Caniac Sessions. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Kaniac Sessions. To stay up to date on all Kane's news or to interact with Griff and AB, please follow us on X, Instagram, or Facebook at Kaniac Sessions. Let's go Kane! Let's go Kane!